the NFL Draft is four days away. What would the Jets do? I know one thing. Quinnen Williams and Ed Oliver creates a significant problem if they are the choice at number three. Here's why. P-S-N-Y. draft is here. Finally. After 12 years of speculation and mock drafts that'll drive you crazy and make the fan even dumber. It's here. Four days away. Oh, and then once Sunday finishes, you'll get those titled way too early mock drafts. For the following season. When you see a title that says way too early in it, ignore it. If you click on it, you're just a fool. You're contributing to the problem. Don't do it. It's designed to make you click. It's designed for silliness. No one knows a damn thing. Right now, we're four days away from round one, and we still don't know a damn thing. Last year, Duran Williams was the number 17 pick. He turned out first-team All-Pro over Jamal. Now, I think Jamal was the best safety in the league last year. And I think Derwin and Jamal should have been the first team, even though Eddie Jackson from Chicago had the best statistical season of the three. But you get the idea. If anyone were to suggest Derwin James in the top three or top five last year, that person would have been labeled insane. He or she would have been labeled Looney Tunes. That's why the talk around what the Jets will do at number three is just that. It's talk. Guess what? Jawan Taylor is a legit pick at number three. You know, staying true to this rigid big board that mesmerizes not just fans, but front office executives, is a mistake. If you really have a need and really need a guy and want that guy, you could take him. Of course, the draft, the perceived draft value means something. Of course it does. When it deals with trades and when it deals with maneuvering and trying to outfox another team, it means everything. Of course. But, there's nuance. There's gray area. You can't let it rule you when you're up to pick. So because of this big board, because of the perceived value, there are four names at number three for the Jets. 
Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Quinnen Williams, and the late push by Ed Oliver. We know the Jets' needs. Edge, offensive line, corner. Those are the top three, by far. It's not even close. Bosa and Josh Allen fill a need that's been vacant in the swamps of northern New Jersey for a decade and a half. At least, it fills that need on paper. On just one side, mind you. Quinnen Williams at Oliver. Here's the problem with Quinnen Williams and Ed Oliver. If the Jets fail to trade down, which is still the top move, it's not even close. There are so many holes on this 53-man depth chart. Gotta trade down. Gotta collect assets. But if they fail to trade down and select Williams or Oliver, it will be a complete replay of McCagnan's first draft in 2015. It's tricky. What if Oliver or Williams is the next Aaron Donald? And they are studs. And Bosa and Allen are just pretenders. That's what makes this so tricky. But it's clear. With the Jets already owning Leonard Williams and Henry Anderson along the interior. Snagging that edge guy is so big. It may have gotten to the point where you have to you have to stop looking at best available and take the need. You it's gotten to that point where edge and offensive line is so dire, you have to bite the bullet. The team it's so dire that the team as a whole can't function as one unit. And when that's not happening, you have to complete it. You have to complete that function before worrying about taking the best player before worrying about splitting hairs. But here's the problem with those two big interior linemen, Leonard and Henry. In a 3-4, Leonard and Henry are both three technique players. Over the outside shoulder of the guard, the point is, forget three technique, the point is they're not nose tackles. They're not head-up center defensive lineman. Now, the NFL has changed a bit with the zone rushing scheme and the athleticism and the sideline-to-sideline -side rushing attacks. The nose tackle has decreased in size over time. Teams do throw 300-pound nose tackles in there. It, we can't act like they don't. They do. So if Oliver or Quinnen is selected within the 3-4, Leo would probably play nose tackle. All three are under 300 pounds. 289, 290, 295, in that range. So if Oliver or Quinn are selected, either Leo or the rookie would play the nose tackle, would play the, the one technique head up or in the A gap. That's a small and light defensive line. Athletic as hell. Small and light for the base, for the base package. That's an issue. Now, 
three four three four three four. It's been spreading like wildfire. Stop, stop. It means no. It, the three four between the three four and the four three. It's overhyped. It's a situation that needs no further discussion. The only thing you need to know is Greg Williams will run both. He will absolutely run both. He's run the four three his entire life. He's twice taken teams and transitioned him from the three four to the four three that off season. Don't worry about the three four four three. He will run four three sets, four three over, four three under, uh, where it looks like a five two, but the Sam linebacker comes down, pinches in the strong uh, defensive end. In the four three, there's only space for two interior defensive linemen. Henry, Leo, and the rookie. One of them is sitting out. Now in the base, you could probably move them to one of the defensive ends. That's okay at times in non-passing situations. But in this NFL, you never want to see 300-pound linemen on the edge. Ever. It doesn't work unless your name is J.J. Watt. You don't do it. Now, why should Jets fans be familiar with this scenario? In 2015, we often, 2016 too, 2017, we often saw witness Sheldon Richardson and or Muhammad Wilkerson attempting to play the edge in laughable style. It's not their fault. It wasn't their fault. They're just too big and too unathletic to play in space. Yet, Bowles was forced to do it due to the Leonard Williams selection. Sheldon was already in-house. Muhammad was already in-house. Taking Leonard Williams, who was supposedly the best player in the pool, who slipped, created an, an insane strategical issue within the structure of the Jets' defense. Now they went 10 and 5 and 10 and 6, lost on Orchard Park. The schedule was Cupcake City. The defense was not as good as we thought. It turned out that way in 2016, pretty much with the same personnel. Should have been better, Leo's sophomore season. But needing no having no edges and having your best players, three of them as your interior lineman, will force the defensive coordinator to try to do something silly. He's going to try to play to the talent. You can't blame the defensive court. You can't blame Bowles. You can't blame Greg Williams if he gets Oliver or Quinnen and tries to put Henry Anderson on the edge. But it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, okay, there are certain situations. 3-3-5 three, three, nickel where you're still you're still playing between the run and the pass, where you could throw Henry or Leo on the edge for a couple plays a game. Most of the time in this league, that doesn't work. You need two slim, quick, athletic edge players. Whether it's the 4-3 or the 3-4, uh, nickel, the four-man line rules this NFL. 245 nickel, 425 nickel, whatever, what have you. The four down linemen, two second level linebackers, and five DBs, or four down linemen, 
one linebacker, six DBs, whether it's three safeties or two safeties. And even whether it's two linebackers and three defensive linemen, three, two, six. Regardless of the personnel, a four-man conventional pass rush, four-man conventional show at the line of scrimmage, that's the base defense. And owning three stud interior defensive linemen is a situation. It's a problem. There's no way it's not. Who sits out? Already in the sub package, Henry and Leo are dynamite along the inside. The only reason they haven't flourished even further is due to the lack of edge presence. Leo, the supposed best talent in the pool, won Pro Bowl. Overwhelmingly disappointed. Is it due to no edge presence? A lot of it is. It's not 100% that, but a lot of it is. There's no way around it. Jets' edge presence is 32nd in the NFL. At the very best, 28th. Now, the rationalization for Oliver or Quinnen is Leo's on his final year. You take this kid, Leo could be gone after the season, and you move forward that way. And that rationalization is, okay, we're going to take a stud. The next Aaron Donald. So it's worth it. It's worth waiting that one season. But, listen, Sam Darnold's entering his second year. Jamal Adams is entering his third year. Jamal is getting dangerously close to the end of the rookie contract. And we worry about it and fret about it because he is that damn good. He's not at the end of the line, but this is this being his third year, you have to start putting up wins. You have to start turning it around to show the kid, this is your home. This is your NFL home. We're doing it. We're winning. And you're not leaving. If you take Oliver or Quinnen, you once again leave the edge so completely bare that I don't see the four-man conventional pass rush upping its game for Jamal. I just don't see it. That's the issue, the four-man conventional pass rush. Against the run, you got Mosley. You got Jamal. Jamal's the best run support safety in the league, the best edge support safety in the league. He sets the edge and plays the edge better than anyone I've seen. You want to improve your rush defense, of course. But the glaring issue that makes your defense incomplete is the four-man conventional pass rush. And selecting Oliver or Quinnen doesn't get that done. Instead of having two interior uh, two interior rushers who excel, you have three. Still lacking two edge rushers. You need two and two. Not three and none. You need two and two. That's why Bosa and Josh Allen are big. That's why one of them has to be a stud. But hey, what if the Jets really do feel Bosa and Allen are not the real deal and Quinnen and Oliver are? It's a tough one. I think if that's the case and they don't like Bosa or Allen, I think you take Juwan Taylor. 
Sam Darnold is in the house, and you must protect him. Beecham and Shell is not a is not a winning combo. I like I love Beecham. He's he's a great dude. Shell, NFL bloodlines. These two will never anchor down a top flight NFL offense. Still, trading down remains the key. So, if Oliver or Quinnen is the pick at three, now what are you looking at? Two, no trade down, no extra assets, an interior stud in the middle, which makes it three now with Henry and Leo. And still, those needs at edge and offensive line haven't been filled. Two third-round picks. You cannot count on a third-round pick to be a starter. I'm sorry, folks. Your scouting department, your drafting, your executives, they have to be tried and tested, proven, top-notch, and show this consistency over years and years before you could actually say, okay, I, I trust that guy to take an NFL starter in the third round. And even then, it's not a guarantee. So taking Oliver or Quinn in there at three, and then saying, oh, no problem, we'll just take an edge in the third round, edge in a corner, or an edge in a center in the third round. No, it's not going to work. It's not a good idea. The only issue, the only danger in making sure you go need at number three is if Quinnen or Oliver are truly the real deal and are truly in a different class than Bosa and Allen. And I just don't think that's the case. I think there are so many variables for rookies in the NFL that make or break their performance. It's not 100% talent. It's scheme. It's fit. It's talent around them. So I think those factors and know that the development, the course of development means so much more than talent. Character as well which makes Oliver an interesting case. I, I, I don't know too much about him. I just know there have been questions. But that stuff along the way makes such a difference in which you could realize that it's not all about talent or all about the perceived talent heading into the NFL draft. Still, it's interesting. And it's funny. McCagnan has, has uh, he's got themes. Theme number one is the patchwork offensive line. The man is allergic to drafting offensive linemen, especially with premium picks. Over 28 total picks, the man has drafted two offensive linemen over four seasons. Um, the Eagles, the Pats, I think they're, they did, they did a story a couple months ago. Eagles, Pats selected six and seven guys, respectively. The Colts are at like eight or nine. Um, the good teams select offensive linemen with premium picks more than any other position in the NFL. It's not a coincidence, folks. When you select premium talent in the draft at the offensive line, your team turns around. The Saints, 
the draft two years ago with Kamara. Ramzik. Ryan Ramzik is the dude that really cemented that offense. Not Kamara. Ramzik. With the other talent there. And bringing in Unger. I think the Saints have two first rounders, two second rounders, and a third rounder on their line. I could be wrong about that, but it's near that quality. Chiefs as well. Patriots are a different breed. They, Dante Scarnecchia does some, he's the best offensive line coach in the history of the NFL. Um, they still have premium talent up there, but they could lose anybody they want and still be fine. They're, the coaching is just out of this world. The technique, the holding on every play, the, 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 the transparent cheating, but coaching the way, but, but coaching it in a way you know you can get away with it. If you're holding the same way on every play, it doesn't look like holding. It, it's brilliant. I'm not bashing the Patriots. It's great coaching, is what I'm saying. And the Jets offensive line coach, new dude coming in from Cincy, he's the next great hope for the offensive line. That's why they'll turn it around. But McCagnan's themes, patchwork offensive line. He's only selected two offensive line in the draft, both fifth round. 2015, Jarvis Harrison. 2016, Brandon Shell. It's outrageous. He patchworks his offensive line. He, he sh- he's proven to let us know that he feels it's a plug-and-play position. And, and that is that is the most backwards, outrageous thinking in the world. Football teams are built from the inside out, not the other way around. It's always been this way. Osemele is the new patchwork guy. He'll be 30 by the time camp starts. He reminds me so much of Clady. Injury prone, great success before the Jets. He signed Kelvin Beecham, another patchwork. He signed Spencer Long, another piece of patchwork. Carpenter was his only really great signing in 2015. Drafted Chell, re-signed Winters, a previous draft pick. The other theme is he'll screw coaches in taking the best available player instead of trying to complete the roster as a whole. Leonard Williams. They had no business drafting Leonard Williams. They had Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson in-house. Like we discussed already, Bowles was in such a tough spot. At times, he would put out this monster 4-3 base package in which all three of them, plus McClendon, were on the defensive line, which means Sheldon and Muhammad both played defensive end. And unless it's third and one, it's not a good idea. You don't do that in this league. 300-pound lineman on the edge is just a disaster. So, we come to this, 2019 NFL Draft. If it's Quinnen or Oliver, McCagnin's themes have not been broken. He'll take who he wants, who he thinks the best guy is, regardless of football fit, football scheme. And that's really what's missing in Jetsland. The total package, the rounding out of the roster. 
You need an offensive line to propel the rest of the offense, to allow young Sam Darnold to hit his max ceiling, to allow Quincy Nunwa to become a 1,200-yard stud. You need a four-man conventional pass rush, two and two, two interior, two outside, to make it truly special, to allow Jamal Adams to actually turn from superstar to legend. Yeah, he's still got room to grow, folks. He, what he's done the last two years has been without any semblance of a pass rush. Think about that. That's scary. So we'll see. Quinnen, he looks like he's smaller than Leo. Oliver looks like he's smaller than Quinnen. It's a different game. Leonard, one of those two rooks, they can play nose tackle in the 3-4. It's not ideal. You'd rather have a 310 pound guy, 320 pound guy there, but they can do it. Unfortunately, that's not the base anymore. The base is the sub package, nickel dime, with only two interior linemen on the field at once. And don't tell me Henry or Leo can play outside. It's not a good situation, folks. It's not Madden. You can't just plug guys in anywhere and expect it to all work doesn't work that way. You need 250, 270 pound guys on the edge who can move. If you don't have that, Brady will torch you in the flat. He will destroy you all game in knowing that guy can't move. So we'll see. I'm still hoping for a trade down. They need a second round pick. They need extra assets. To fill out that tackle position, guard, of course, center. Center still the biggest need. And two edges. Oh, and corner. Oh, and number one receiver, which they shouldn't worry about this draft. That's a next year problem. Offensive line so much more critical. And edge is so much more critical than cornerback, too. Edge impacts corner so much more the other way around. So we'll see. There is an issue, there is a definite problem with Ed Oliver and Quinnen Williams. Will Mike McCagnin force his team to take on that problem? Similarly, I should say identically, to 2015 when he took Leonard Williams.